what do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you know, respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And this is my first interview of 2020. I am so excited. You guys are going to love this conversation. I've been looking forward to this for like two months. Yeah, like two two whole months. So cheers to you all. If you are joining me for the very first time, thank you for coming by. I appreciate you. This episode is part of my hashtag, The Spill segment. On The Spill segment, we actually bring on an expert, somebody who's got the know-how and the knowledge on a specific topic, and we have a conversation. It's kind of like a masterclass or like a workshop. We talk about different things. We kiki a little bit. We go back and forth. I ask some questions, and then you all can participate at any point in time via networkandspill.com or on the gram over at Network and Spill or my personal page, Whitney Danielle Coaching. Now, this particular conversation is gotta be on, it's gotta be on brand because it's 2020, we're in Q1, it's January, my birthday month. We're trying to get our shit together. And I realize there's a lot of conversations going around about goal setting and intentions and what's your word and all of these different things. Well, we're here to keep it 100. We're gonna keep it really real. I actually have a confidence coach, a confidence coach, like that's what she does. She helps people with their confidence on the phone right now to actually have this conversation about really how to be intentional, but like actually back it up with actions and how to cut through all of the bullshit that you'll see in the personal development podcasts, the personal development books, and the inspirational shit you'll see on your, on your, uh, gram scrolling. Uh, we're going to keep it, we're going to keep it light, but we're also going to keep it real. So if you have any questions, you have anything that you maybe disagree with, feel free to hit us up on Instagram. Let's keep the conversation going. Now, let me introduce my guest. So today I've got April Cunningham. I'm really excited to have this, this conversation because her online program, I mean, obviously she's a coach. She does a lot of different things, but this conversation is going to be really about her experiences, right? my experiences as well, but her experiences and really the way that she works with people and helping them get through a lot of the crap that we all kind of deal with at one point or another. If you're interested in following her, which I absolutely think you should because her page is legit, she's actually a local. She's in the DC metropolitan area. She's from PG County originally, and her IG page is Coach Cunningham Official. Now you guys already know this is going to be in the show notes, but I'm telling you now in case you have your phone out like I typically do when I'm listening to podcasts. Now, if you go to her website, you can see that she's got a website link there. Her official website is aprilcunningham.com, which, you know, makes sense. And all her information can be found there as well. She's also on Facebook. I think her Facebook is Coach Cunningham Official. What's your Facebook? No. Confidence Coach Cunningham. Okay. The Facebook page is Confidence Coach Cunningham, if you're into Facebook. And yeah, let's let's get the party started. So April, thank you so much for joining me. What's up, Whitney? I'm so happy to be here with you. It has been a minute. We've been trying to get this together, right? We have. I'm glad that it's it's finally here. It's January. Happy New Year. <sighs> thank you. 2020 is going to be lit. You ready? I'm trying. I, I am. I'm ready. And you know what? I noticed the other day, the sun is starting to come up a little bit later like it's it stays a little bit longer like instantly after the solstice i noticed it i'm like look it's 450 and the sun is still out like i'm getting excited about that kind of stuff so i'm absolutely ready yeah man i feel like if the sun doesn't rise i don't think i should have to so i have this intention 
<laughs> on theme of getting up at 530 every day. Mm. Yeah, no, I won't. I won't lie to you. I'm struggling with that. Seven feels much more reasonable to my body. <laughs> yes, I can. I can feel that single digits. I struggle with in general. Yeah, but I mean, when the sun comes back, as as when the sun actually gets to a place where it's rising at five thirty or six, naturally my body seems to know how to align to that. And I'm I'm in this place now. I'm just like maybe I should just align to that. But it's hard because my intention is. 5.30 rise, let's get it in so that everything is done before uh, there are demands on my time, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel you, though. It, it is it is a balance between wanting to follow nature and what your body is saying and wanting to stay to a schedule because time is a thing, even though it's a social construct and, you know, not real. <laughs> um, time is technically a thing and we, we try, we're trying to maximize our days. So that actually is a really good segue into, I'm curious what your practices are for planning for 2020. Like how do you even, how did you for this year, how did you say, you know what, I'm going into 2020, it is going to be lit, but this is what I'm going to do differently. This is what I want to hit goal wise, et cetera, et cetera. How did you set yourself up? So first, like a lot of people, I mean, you'll see on the gram right now that uh, everybody's doing their wrap up, their outro, their top nine for 2020. Um, I, I didn't take that approach as much as I did. I do think it's important to do a retro. Um, okay, let's talk about what worked, what didn't work. Let's do a, a retro or outro, I call it, um, because I, I'm looking for lessons learned. So that's the first step. And then it's really important to anchor to the why. Um, sometimes people come to me and they're just like, I want to look good in a bikini or I want to have kids. Um, I feel like I should start a business. Um, and it's like, okay, but why though? Um, does, is it sexy? Does it sound sexy? 5.30 wake time sounds sexy to me. Then, you know, I'm up, I'm on the treadmill. It's it's kind of like bragging rights. And I, I sometimes do it, but if I'm not really clear on my why, it's so much easier to lay in bed. And so I spend time really anchoring to the quality of life that I want and why first. And I've written it down. I've got my intentions for 2020. I haven't solidified them, but there are eight things. Where I'm just like, yes, let's do that. And I think anchoring to that why helps me to clarify and then also help me to figure out, okay, so what really is important to me right now? Um, and is it as important to me because it sounds sexy or because it uh, approaches a quality of life? And then once I can outline that, then I can engage a tribe who's on my team that's going to help hold me accountable uh, and call me out when I'm I'm sleeping <laughs> or when I'm not really aligning, I'm doing things that slip out of alignment to what I say I want to do. I think it's very important to to speak your goals and not just goals, but speak your intentions. Um, intentions are different for me from goals. Goals are, you know, I want to make $100,000. That's a goal. Intention is much more beneath the surface. The intention is, 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 to me, anchored to your why. I want to make $100,000 because I want to give back more. The money is not for, the goal is not the money. The goal is the giving back, which is one of my intentions for 2020 is to create more space to give back. That's my process. And it takes, it's a multi-day process. I don't know that you're ever really finished with intention, but I do have some strong intuitive intentions that came up right away. And those I've been just kind of marinating on. What about you? I've been experimenting with different things. So for me, it's been, you know, you go through different planners and sometimes I'll just write them out. I'll do a spreadsheet. I'm a spreadsheet kind of girl. I love my spreadsheets. Um, I like the the desire map. 
Danielle Laporte. I really like her approach of it's because it's so different. And I've talked about her a few times. Actually, at the six month check in this past summer, right in 2019, I did an episode where I re I found the book actually at the the used bookstore that I love going to with my sister all the time, and they had it for like dirt cheap, and it was in like perfect condition. And I have the book, but it's in storage, so I just buy the books whenever I see some of my favorite books. I buy them in the event that I want to revisit them or I want to gift them to other people. Um, and I got it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at this and see what's really good. And it's a really long kind of intro. But when you get to the nitty gritty of it, I mean, she's asking you, how do you want to feel? So kind of like your, your question, what feels sexy is how do I want to feel? Because that to me, it, it has literally shifted the way that I look at my day, my, my quarter, my goals, my life. It's shifted things because Dr. Wayne Dyer always used to say, I want to feel good. He used to always say that I want to feel good no matter what's going on. Like that's the mantra. That's the mantra. I want to feel good. How can I feel good? And when I shifted in that way, I was like, okay, that's an interesting way to look at things. It's so different than what I'm used to. And so I really like the idea of, of figuring out how you want to feel. And recently I've been feeling more like I want to feel just more in tune and I want to feel more in tune with my body. And I also want to feel more in tune with my business and with my clients and with my mission and with that why. And that feeling is a feeling of flow, but also a feeling of ease because there's not a struggle. There's not a lack of clarity. There's not a lack of ambiguity or there's not ambiguity or a lack of unknowing. You're pretty in tune with things. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking at for, for my planning. So I'm revisiting that. And I also took a different approach too this year where I wrote down all my goals in numbers. So it was a very numerical goal, little writing list. Like I just did all my numbers. So I put, I want to get, you know, 300 people on my Patreon. I want to travel four times, like big, four big trips out of the country this year. Um, I want to, um, you know, boost my email list by, by this number. I want to get this many downloads. I want to get this many sponsorships. I want to do this. And so it's all, I want to get this many speaking events. I want to be featured on this many podcasts. So it was all a numbers thing. So I could break that down and start to work backwards. Um, and I did that for both my personal life and my business. I did two different pieces of paper for that. So. I applaud you. I mean, I experienced you as a very focused woman who's about business, getting it done. So I applaud you um, that you set your goals and then you could I mean, any goal, if you break it down into small enough chunks, it's biteable, right? And you just get it done. Um, mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I love what you said. Um, how do you want to feel? We sometimes focus on the external metrics without giving enough attention to the internal um, intuition, uh, perception, all that. And it, nothing external shifts until the internal does. So I love that. That absolutely lines up with wisdom i think that you you do that deep work first yeah just something i'm trying you know it's nice to have those goals because things are you got to track you got to be able to track things and for me it's it's like yeah i can track this number and it also makes me a little bit more self-competitive so that if i say okay well i got two blank whatever it is but the goal is to get four let's let's see if i can get two more oh okay well i got four let me see if i can get two more and it's not about you know doing the most or being greedy or doing whatever, because sometimes it could be something like you're giving back. You know, I want to donate $6,000 to charity, this particular charity. Yeah. But then I saw on their website that they really need 10. So I wonder if I could get 10, like what if I could get 10,000 for this charity? And then you start to push yourself. You're not overdoing it, right? Because the goal is to feel blank. 
whatever that feeling is, typically it's something good. Um, I think all the time it's something good, but that's, it helps you kind of self-compete in a way. If that, is that a word, self-compete? It's your show, Whitney. You can make up a that's word if you like. Right. <laughs> no, I get it. And it, it helps to drive, right? Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's really important. So how do you like check in? I'm curious because for me, setting intention means I have to have a regular check-in point. And uh, to say I'm going to check in at the end of the year, that feels overwhelming to me. So I have been to have regular checkpoints where I mean, I journal and I have a practice, a morning practice where I count my blessings and think about, okay, so what's, what has shifted, even if I haven't gotten to the goal, so mm-hmm. per se, I'm curious about your process too. Do you have a process for checking in or engaging a team that holds you accountable or Absolutely. I have a pretty amazing accountability partner. And I also have many accountability partners in my siblings who I talk to a lot. So when you're talking to people all the time, they kind of know a lot of your business. And so I'll say stuff and it's intentional, right? That I'll say it. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm trying to do blank. And they're like, oh yeah. And then they'll remember it. They'll put it on the back burner in their back pocket somewhere. And then they'll ask you about it later. And because you know that they might ask, it pushes you to actually do it because you don't want to end up looking dumb or like you weren't doing what you said that you were going to do. So that's like weird ingrained accountability. I'm sure there's a scientific word for it, but that's kind of how I live my life. Um, I like to do quarterly check-ins, but I'm also tracking per month. So when I do all these Google spreadsheets, I've got it month to month to month. So when I break down the goals, I break it down for the week. I'm like, what's happening this week? What's happening that week? Um, And that's really what pushes for me, uh, that accountability and the progress tracking. So I love you that you guys Google spreadsheets. See, you're on another level. I'm a visionary. I can't be held down by a bunch of spreadsheets. I just know. I just, I'm, a, I'm an intuitive, but I appreciate, I appreciate when people are like, oh, I've got it lined up on the spreadsheet. I know that I was just like, that makes me dizzy. It's crazy because I come out of technology before I became a confidence coach. So I was used to developing software, which is very precise and technical and tactical profession. And it was not in alignment with who I am at all because I'm very much so visionary, strategic, intuitive. It's crazy. Yeah, I want to talk about that. So I didn't realize that you were in tech. Maybe I did and I forgot, but I'm also in tech. So I'm, I'm curious about your journey from going um, from that industry, right, which is super you know, male dominated, uh, super kind of square at times. You're around a lot of intelligent people and sometimes they're creatives, um, definitely problem solvers. I would say maybe more than creatives, but you kind of have to be a creative to problem solve. Regardless, it's a different class of creative problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go from that to saying, this is what I want to do? And then you actually started doing it. Um, I have to you know, say that in any difficulty lies opportunity and um, I went through a traumatic breakup, got my heart broken in the, uh, I really call it like a, a bomb apocalypse, you know, and in a tragedy like that, things get really clear all of a sudden what's important to you. Um, any loss tends to amplify what's really important. And um, I always wanted to leave technology. I only really got into technology because, you know, uh, people used to call me a double M as a a woman and a woman of color, I always had a job. They also said it would be difficult for me because of the demographics would make it that that I wasn't represented. But for me, Whitney, fastest way to get me to do something, tell me I can't. I will rock you. Um, So I did my, to your point, self-competitiveness, right, um, drives me. 
but at the same time, um, I found that I was driven to do something and actually good at something that I didn't like. And I, that was a distinction that I did not realize that you can be good at something that you don't like. Um, and is that, and that's fine if that's a choice. And it wasn't for me. it wasn't a conscious choice for me. So anyway, to come all the way forward, um, having that experience and getting really clear on my, on what I really wanted, Whitney, I, w- I wanted to travel more and I couldn't do that. Um, in a typical software development job, you're required to be in an office or be at least tethered to a computer. That's not what I want. I'm actually more of a visionary than a strategic than a tactical thinker, um, which means I either go into management, which I hate. I, I, I love people and I love um, helping people, but I don't actually want to do spreadsheets and numbers and salaries and all that stuff. That's not interesting to me. So then I, I got really clear. And I started to explore. I actually came in coaching as a health coach because I'd always been, I was been that person. I talked to a lot of coaches and it's like, we've always been coaching without realizing we were coaching. Like it was, it was our families, our friends are come to us and we're the ones that are giving advice. And I started to notice that I was always doing that. And typically around health, I was telling my father when I was, you know, 10, daddy really shouldn't be drinking that soda. Like it's not good for you. It's too much sugar. And this is what sugar does to your body. And and he's like, really? I just want to enjoy my soda. Um, so I approached it from health coaching. And then when I got, I took a certification and then uh, while I was still working and then I realized um, I wanted to play a bigger game. What started to emerge for me is that people experience me as this calm, steadying force that they need to help them clarify where they want to go and also who they are. Um, a lot of people are drawn to me typically um, with varying forms of trauma. We all have it. And it would just happen naturally that I'd be at a party and someone would come over. I never met them before in my life, Whitney. They just somehow would come over and say, you seem calm and strike up a conversation. And then it'd be, you know, they want to be best friends. And then I decided to really explore that. It, that seemed like a gift, a natural gift of mine that I really started to wake up to. Um and then I, I realized that it was confidence. I, I help people develop confidence in areas of life that they don't realize their power. And uh, it's been amazing. I, I mean, women cry. Most of my clients are women. I do have some men, but they cry when they realize, oh, yes, I am already strong. I am a survivor. Oh, this thing I thought I wanted... I wanted to start a business so that I could set up for having kids. But actually, you know what? I don't want kids. And it's, it's, it's masterful. Um, when I started to coach and I started to coach my butt off and take all these, these trainings and certifications and train with, I took the approach of training with the best coaches that I could find. And I still do. Um, I have my own coaches um, pay handsomely for my own coaches um, so that I could do that. And um, it just, it started to really be clear that I, that's my natural gift. And I just, it felt like I needed to follow that. Um, I heard a coach recently say, we often say, listen to your body or listen to your intuition or listen, listen, but a better word she used was obey, obey your calling. And when I started to really obey my calling, when I hadn't really been present to until this traumatic experience, the world opened up and I knew I just started to feel like an anxiety going to work for my day job. It was very comfortable. It was very well paid, um, very safe. Um, but I started to feel like I was squishing down every day to go to work. And it was, I'd sit at my desk and I couldn't work because I couldn't like do the thing. I knew it was in my brain. The information that I needed was in my brain to write this code. I couldn't do it. 
Whitney. I just couldn't. I'd sit there and it'd be like static. And then I said, I have to go. And I put together a plan. It was real rough. Again, I'm a visionary, right? So it was a sketch. I know I have money. I know I can do this. Here's what I've already prepped to do. Cool, cool, cool. Let me line up some things. And then I just pulled the trigger. And it was the best decision I've made in probably a decade. That's awesome. That's so awesome. And so just for uh, background, guys, we met, um, I met April at a conference in November of 2019. And it was a conference that I kind of found, well, I absolutely found hella last minute. I think tickets were already turned off on Eventbrite. I was just on Eventbrite scrolling, came across this That's event. Right. We were at dinner and we were talking about that. Yeah. And I, it was completely random. And there were a few people that I connected with, like quite a bit. I would say maybe half a dozen that I really connected with and I've stayed in contact with after the event. But April and I talked for a while after the event, a couple of times, because it was a two-day thing, technically three with the dinner, but it was a two-day event. And I, one of the things that I really hope to teach more of this year is being able to authentically connect with people and being open to connecting authentically with people. Because when you can do that, it really does open a lot of opportunities up. And so this is on topic for this conversation because any goal that I have, any goal that April has, when you meet people, right, when we met each other, we were able to converse a little bit, figure out what was really going on, what the other person was interested in, what they were working on, et cetera, and see where there was possibility to work together. And essentially when that happens, right, when that collaboration and that sort of co-thinking, co-authoring happens, you can start to create something, which essentially could help you hit a goal. And that to me is really powerful. Even if your goal is to be more of a connector, I could have met April and then somebody that I know really needed a confidence coach in that moment and then connected her to that person. So I think, you know, you mentioned people think that you're super calm and they'll come and talk to you. I absolutely see that. And I think a lot of us are so frazzled and we're so overwhelmed. And maybe we're overwhelmed because we're, you know, busy doing goal setting stuff. Maybe we're overwhelmed because life is just crazy. Um, but it's nice to be around people that are still and that are a little bit more zen in a way. And I'm not saying zen and like, you know, the hippy dippy, you're walking around with Palo Santos. Like I'm talking just like just a zen calm person like you're not spazzing out right now internally or externally or energetically or physically you're not you're just here you're chilling if I ask you a question you'll think about it you'll chew on it and you'll give me an answer and for whatever reason that's really difficult to find so I think because you're walking your truth and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing that happens I, I would say more naturally do you agree I do um I do. And I would say that for some reason, that's always been my people describe me as an old soul. I don't I don't actually know how I like that term, but that's always been my energetic frequency, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love what you talked about just a moment ago. I remember the dinner and I remember you coming to the dinner and you helped you slowed us down because we went from like one thing to another. And you're like, hold on. Can we like can we breathe this out? And I was like, yes. Somebody, somebody gets it. Can we calm down? Because it was a, it was very energetic. It, I think people were crying. We, we had yeah. a question that it dropped, and you slowed us down. And I was like, oh, somebody's on the frequency. They understand. I couldn't eat. I, I could not eat. We were at a dinner, and we went around the table, and we said what we're 
proud of from the year, right? So we were kind of doing our, our recap and a lot of people had been through stuff and they felt safe to share in that circle and in that space. However, I'm an empath, which we've talked about. And so when everyone starts crying, my chest starts to hurt. And my friend was there and she had been through some traumatic stuff. And so she spoke and then she started crying and then I started crying. So now everybody's upset and it's just, it was too much. I had to, I had to take a step back and I, I didn't feel like it was, it was okay for us to keep moving forward. We needed to take a breath. We needed to take a minute and just like ground ourselves, center ourselves and relax for a second so that we could eat and like just be. Because that was the whole point, right? Was to have dinner. So yeah, I, I'm I'm proud of myself for doing that. I was really scared to do it because then she put me on the spot and she was like, okay, well then you lead us through like uh, a, a quick breathing exercise before dinner. And I'm like, uh, I've never done this. I'm not a yoga teacher. And I was super nervous. But again, that's actually a goal of mine to do more of the breathing exercises and to be able to calm spaces down and lead people through the that kind of a thing. Like I've always wanted to do that. I've thought about doing like a whole meditation YouTube channel because it, it just seems like something that I should do. Um, and so that kind of put me out there. I was like, oh shit, well, if I could do that, then I could probably just do... I, and then the next day I'm like Googling, I'm like, how do I become a meditation expert teacher? And I'm like Googling all this stuff like Kermit on my laptop at work. Um, but it, it, again, it's, it's, that's on my path. That's, that's in alignment. And so it felt good to say, and then it felt good to do. And now it feels good to continue moving in that direction. So yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I almost forgot. Yeah, no, I appreciated your leadership and I appreciate that you stepped up, um, to do that. It was, you didn't know us. And like you said, you just found, I mean, I had kind of, not kind of, I had some exposure to the rest of the table to some extent, cause I, this is a community that I fell into and we've been back and forth, but you were fresh in and you were like, can we slow down? Which I have friends. My sister is an empath and my, one of my really good friends is an empath. So I totally get it. Um, being an empath is like a blessing and a curse. <laughs> Um, but I totally wish I could be in your body and like feel what it's like to be in a room because I'm highly sensitive, but not empathic. And I'm kind of grateful for that, but it's, mm. it's a lot for me. Like, so I can only imagine, um, and your leadership for saying, take, you know, to stepping up and saying, obeying your, obeying your energetic frequency that you need, you needed at that moment. And then leading the room because I felt, I don't know if you felt it, but I felt the room calm. It diffused, it absolutely met the mark and diffused the tension and the anxiety that had risen from the emotional outbursts. Did you yeah, feel it too? It oh, absolutely. Uh, because everyone got quiet. And sometimes just like with meditation, right? You just need to not for a couple of minutes. And that is really powerful, even though it's only for a minute or two. Sometimes it's only 10. Um, just taking a, a second and just pausing is really powerful. That's why even like when you're talking and you make a long pause, it makes it more dramatic because people are holding on to that and they're, they stop when you're talking and someone and, or when someone else is talking and they stop, you're waiting. You're like, well, what are they going to say next? And then you're, you're completely tuned in. You can't, it's, it's harder to be tuned in when you're, when that person is going a million miles an hour and you're doing this and this and this. So yeah, you can feel the energy shift and that's important. So with your clients, what are some of the things that you see most when it comes to people starting fresh, whether it's the top of the year, whether it's after a traumatic event and they're just trying to start anew? What are some of the, the biggest things that you see them struggling with? Uh, alignment. 
in a word. Um, and what I mean by that is um, a lot of times, a lot of the clients that are drawn to me, and I use those words very deliberately, um, a lot of the clients that are drawn to me very much so need help to isolate and identify their own emotions. People today are very emotionally congested. Um, a lot of us are not taught that we can pe to sit quietly, right? Do you want to speed up? Slow down first and get really clear with yourself. So the emotional congestion creates a lot of internal noise and they can't align to, to their calling, to their soul's purpose, to their path. They can't hear their path. They can't see the path. Um, even though they're feeling in their body, literally are feeling in their body, something, something needs to shift. Something's out of alignment. They absolutely are feeling it, but they can't figure out why. And so much of the work that I do is helping uh, women to clarify, identify um, their path, their purpose, and to align to it. And the alignment piece, once, once the path is identified and the purpose is identified, the alignment is a whole nother thing because then it's like, well, how do I, the first next questions come up is, well, how? I mean, but I have, you know, how? How do I build this business? Or how do I find this guy? Or how do I, you know, take back my power to, to allow myself to be fully expressed? Um, and, uh, Society teaches us that we oftentimes we need to do the safe thing. We need to do the right thing. We need to do, you know, nobody's ever done that. And if a person, this is true for myself, when I was leaving technology, I didn't know any other coaching coaches. I, I knew coaches from a sports reference. I didn't realize that people would actually pay for that, but I just knew that I had to. Do you know what I mean, Whitney? Like I just... I just knew I had to. There was something very highly intuitive, like waking up with the idea, like you need to do this. You're not going to understand why completely. You're not going to see how completely I need you to obey your calling. And um, that's what I help women do. I'm into, but most of my clients are women and obey that calling, both from the identification piece and also the alignment in spite of the external noise parents and family well-meaning are going to be like girl but where but, but how mm. but where are you going to get clients and how are you going to that's going to be there the universe is right. going to test you people are going to have negative things to say you know um from on being on the entrepreneurial journey they're going to be days where you totally feel like you a boss and you slayed it and days when you have no idea if you're on the right track. Absolutely. And it's, it is a roller coaster. But when you have that alignment and you're obeying that calling in, in the sense of just walking on the path, I think that whole two roads divert, whatever that help, whatever that, that poem thing is like that, that shit is real because a lot of times we are at a, at a path and we're trying to figure out or at a fork in the road and we're trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do. Are we going to date this person? Are we going to move to this city? Are we going to make this move? Are we going to switch this to this job or this industry or not? That's always where I feel like a lot of us are, are constantly or regularly at a, a crossroads. And when you are walking the right path and you're doing the thing that feels the most in alignment to where you're at, it's a beautiful feeling. And Things just move different. I think you move different. Things just fall into place. It's, it's, I'm not saying that it's easy because like you said, you'll trip, you'll fall, you'll stumble, you know, you'll have to pull over, like all of the things. But that is in and of itself, it's the more powerful piece of this. So I think obeying your calling is probably like the title of this 
whole conversation at this point. And I'd like to talk a little bit more about it because I have never heard anyone really say that and in that context. And I think obeying your calling for 2020 is a really powerful message. So um, what do you recommend for those folks to kind of go to like their little toolbox for, for self-soothing and, and continue on the path? Um, first thing is anchoring to the why. I don't recommend people just go quit a job and start something new. Obviously you need money. <laughs> you gotta have a place to live. You need to eat. I don't recommend that path unless you have uh, spreadsheets or somebody who can help you, you know, figure out, you do need to have, understand some how, but the how is much less important than why. And I feel that the first thing I would say is anchor to the why, um, why are you doing this? And, um, and don't, that's not a hasty conversation to have with self. You'll know, like, you'll know when you're clear, you'll know that if it's right, if you really, that that why feels a hundred percent dead on fire, then you know that you're in the right place, but you've got to, you've got to anchor to that why first. Um, I would also say that once you have set your intention and you're in the path of things, you have to give yourself grace. It's not going to be perfect. Perfection is a real problem in the society that we live in. Everybody wants to be perfect. I felt it when I was first coming into coaching and it's like, <gasps> will anyone, will, will anyone trust me? And it's like, but I have all this experience actually coaching without, without knowing that's what I was doing actually. Um, and I bring all of that. And I bring technology. I bring all of that into the space. And we sometimes forget that when we start something new, that it, you're not starting completely new. You're starting from where you are and you're bringing who you are into that space. So you have to figure it out. That's part of the beauty of it is that there's going to be some, you have to learn to adapt in this new context. And that's a powerful opportunity. You've got to learn to give yourself grace when you're going to mess up. You messed up before and you're going to keep messing up because you're human. So that's okay. Give yourself some grace, um, which leads me to number three. And that is having a practice of how to realign. So for me, um, I have a morning practice. I get up, um, I meditate, I journal, I pray, um, I work out. Um, and then that centers me for the day. And I can, I can use that opportunity to say, okay, this is what's working. This is not what's working. This is what's not working. Um, and surprisingly, a lot of intuition drops down. You, you may know this as an empath and you speak to meditation. Meditation allows intuition, your intuitive reception to open. And what you need, especially when you're swirling on a problem, what you need may drop down in that moment, but you got to get still. And that's the piece that people don't, they don't put value on often mm -hmm. enough, get still and intuition can open. But as long as you're in motion, you're not connecting to that reception. Yeah. I, I see we you nodding. Whole, so. We could do a whole episode on that. Let me tell you, it is so slept on and it, it's so disappointing that more people don't know about the power of a practice, a meditation practice, even prayer. I know that there's a lot of people who pray and they take religion very seriously. And I, I would go as far to say, as people who pray religiously, pun intended, 
have moments of clarity where they feel that God or spirit is speaking to them and giving them what they need. Because you always hear, you know, at least Southern people are always talking about what God said to them. And I was always like, what does that even mean? How is, is it like a voice? Like, like, what is it? How, how, how does that work? And I think it's very similar to the meditation where you, you hear, you, you can actually, because you've slowed down enough to be quiet and to listen. I think there's a, a quote that says, meditation is, or prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening or something like that. And um, it's very powerful. So I agree with you. I agree with you so much on that last one. I did have a question though about the first one, Mm -hmm. the starting, the anchoring with your, to your why. So what does that exactly look like? Because is it, do you recommend journaling? Is it more a personal preference to how you do that? But can you, can you give us some examples of how someone could anchor to the way I know there's the book start with start with why by Simon, whatever the Ted talk guy, it's a super popular book for those entrepreneurs out there. It's very powerful. However, if we're just talking just regular people, maybe they're not in corporate or they're not in business. They are in corporate. How could someone anchor in their why in an easier, in a, in a go-to way? There are two things I would recommend. First, um, and and it's most obviously ask for help. That was going to be number four. You need to ask for help. Get a good coach and, and someone non-judgmental, someone it has to be, it can't be like a best friend. It has to be someone who's non-judgmental who can help ask the right questions, not give advice, but ask the right questions. Because sometimes we need to say it out loud in some form, whether that's writing or to someone else, we need someone to penetrate and to intercept our thought processes, which is what's powerful about coaching and say it out loud. And then it's like, Oh, that was in there. I had the answer all along, but I needed somebody to guide me. So I would be remiss if I didn't say that I have to say, ask for help, get a coach. Um, and also there is though, for people who, um, to self-serve what I do with clients is I'll ask, okay, so let's start with the goal. Okay. I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, cool. What would having a hundred thousand dollars do for you? Um, well, it would allow me to pay off this debt and it would allow me to travel and it would allow me to do blah, blah, blah. Great. What would having doing paying off debt and doing this and doing that, what would that do for you? And we just keep, whatever they say, we just keep dropping. What would that do for you? 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 And what I find is with clients, um, the first couple levels, if you will, is very surface. Yes, I want to, you know, I want to buy a car. I want to be able to travel and that's fine, but that's not, it's not really the heart answer. It's the mind answer. And, And sometimes it's the socially reinforced answer. My mom said I should have kids at, you know, whatever age. So to drop, we have to get down to like five or six or seven levels. And that's when it gets really hard. People get stuck. They're not quite sure how to answer. But that's when it becomes, it illuminates what the heart wants. Heart wants love. Heart wants freedom. Heart wants to express itself. Heart wants passion. Um, Heart wants adventure. Okay, now when we get down there, that's your why. Um. That can be hard to do alone if a person's not accustomed to meditating or doing it, which again, I brings me back to get a coach. <laughs> but, but we've got to get down to the heart answer and not the mind's answer because the mind's answer is very surface and it's very, we, we practice it. The heart though knows what it, it wants. We have to get down there. That's your why. 
perfect. And I've, I've done that exercise before and it is very powerful because it challenges, it challenges why, and that's how you anchor when you're challenging, you know, like you said, what society is, is, has conditioned you into wanting, Oh, I want a boyfriend. Oh yeah. Why? You know what I mean? Like you, you really have to ask. You're like, well, I don't know because I mean, be, uh, and then there's that, you have to really think about it. You're like, well, shit, I, I, I don't, I don't know because I'm supposed to have a boyfriend and it's like, are you though? And then you've got to, you know, you've got to keep digging and digging and digging. So it's a really cool exercise and I, I really do recommend it guys. So I wanted to just clarify that in case anyone had any questions, but I love all of those steps. And I think those are things that could absolutely help someone who stumbles. I mean, each and every one of those is a really powerful tool. Cause I know when I'm struggling, my body craves meditation at this point. I'm the girl you just Me need to too. sit still. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's strange because yeah, if if you and I t- were talking ten years ago, or even five years ago, or even three years ago, I would have been like, "Girl, please, that's some woomy woomy stuff." Every woo two woo woo. What you? I mean, come on, seriously, be serious, be sensible. Like, go get a real job. And here I am now, sitting with you, and I'm like, absolutely. And when I don't mm-hmm. meditate, I feel frazzled, mm-hmm. which is out of flow. That's the other piece is um, to really get in flow, you got to align. And even people you mentioned about, um, you know, there are religious people who pray and everything. And sometimes religious people, religion gets a bad rap because there's a lot of hypocrisy and other stuff that happens out there. But there are people who are not religious, who are very spiritual and recognize the need to align to source energy. And whatever a person believes source energy is, that's a separate conversation. Um, I have my own opinions about that for sure because I've experienced it, but we are all attached. We're all of the same energy. So meditation helps us to align to source. And that is powerful because you can't find your place in the world until you know What's your world? It's very interesting. I was reading this book about acupuncture, actually. um, And it talks about how, um, you know, it's all about chi and, you know, different things and meridians and that kind of thing. And I honestly don't understand it very well. But I've been to acupuncture and I was just like, that's dope. Tell me how that you just did that. I just went like Prozac, chill. And all you did was stick a needle in my abdomen. Tell me about this. Um, But it talks about how the cells in the body know who they are and they know where they are in relationship to the whole. Like the eye cell knows that it's not a nose cell. It knows what it's supposed to do, but it knows that there's skin around. It knows that there are other types of cells around it and it also knows its role. And I think that really struck me because a lot of us don't know our role. We have a role that we think we should assume And a lot of us don't know our role in the whole, um, which is using the body as a metaphor. That's lack of alignment. If you don't know who you are and where you fit, a lot of dissonance, I feel, especially with the women that I'm coaching, a lot of dissonance comes from, I don't know my purpose. And and it, you know, you can, we talk about finding yourself as a cliche. We talked about it. And I remember being on the Cosby show. It's like, um, Denise is going to go find herself. And I remember watching then. It was just like, what does this mean? How do you not know yourself? Oh, now I'm this age, I'm like, a lot of people don't know who they are and know where they fit in the whole. So meditation is that idea of connect to source so you can identify where you are and where you belong in the whole. I, it, the fragmentation is like commun- technology has connected us 
connected all the computers and disconnected all the humans. <laughs> I saw that on Instagram and I was just like, that's so true. <laughs> it is true. It is absolutely true. We keep saying obey. And I think a lot of times we get these little nudges to do things and we don't obey them because of fear, because we don't know enough. We don't feel like we know enough. We're just a little bit nervous about doing it. Maybe we have some anxiety about something. And so we just back burner it. And I really encourage people listening to discontinue backburnering stuff that you, especially if it keeps coming back, right? If you keep having, every time you see that ad or every time you drive by that location or every time you open up the Yelp app or whatever, or Instagram and you keep seeing it, I think those are, you know, they say you, you keep experiencing the same shit until you learn the lesson. And I, I really hope that we can circumvent a lot of that by encouraging people to start listening to where they're being led. Because a lot of times we are being led, we feel lost But a lot of times we have guides, we have angels, we have somebody, I don't know, a lot of people believe a lot of different things, but I'm cool with whatever, as long as I'm getting help, right? Some people believe in Archangel Michael or whomever, and some people believe that, you know, angels or God or spirit or, you know, the Pocahontas tree, the grandmother, like they believe like things are leading you and I'm 1000% cool with that but you have to listen and you have to kind of show up for that. So I I don't know if you're interested in acupuncture, if you're interested in meditation, if you're interested in getting a coach, if you're interested in doing some of the deep work and you've always been kind of like, I I would try it, but I don't know. I don't know. That sounds kind of weird. There are needles. I mean, you got to sit still for 20 minutes. Like who, like how, like I think a lot, all these things happen and then they deter us from doing it. When in reality, if we just tried it, um, and then we tried it again, or maybe again, then you would have a positive experience. It's like taking a vitamin and thinking that you're going to wake up the next morning with like voluptuous lips or long grown out thick hair. Like that shit doesn't work like that. You really do have to kind of stick to it a little bit and walk that path. So yeah, hopefully that closed the loop on that. Can I just point out too, because it is systemic in the black community, for example, that we don't partake of some of these air quote alternative medicines or alternative Mm -hmm. treatments, acupuncture being one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. I just point out that you and I are both women of color, Avi, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the acupuncture worked. So if anyone's listening from your audience and you're just like, wait, I don't, mm, mm, that seems weird. Like to your point, try it. Um, A lot of times fear holds us back from obeying, right. And from hearing all those, those callings, um, all those things that are leading us. I'm, and I just, I just wanted to pop in here and say, please, please, please notice your fear. It is not voodoo. It does work. Um, and there's a real opportunity for you to get some clarity. Yeah. And honestly, even if the shit is voodoo, if it works, it works. At the end of the day, like life is too short to feel like shit. And life is too short to go through things by yourself. Life is too short to not get still and to tune into yourself when you're living in your own body this whole time. There's a lot of people, you know, they say there's a lot of people who die with their dreams still inside of them. There's a lot of people who die with a lot of shit inside of them. A lot of words, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of ideas, a lot. Of, I mean, it's crazy. I saw something the other day that was like everyone has had or will have a, a multi-million dollar idea. Everybody. And that was wild to me. I really sat with that. I was like, damn, my mom has a multi-million dollar idea. I wonder what it is, right? And I'm, still, I'm thinking, but it's true. We don't want to 
get to the end of the road and then realize that we didn't do A, B, and C thing that we really, really wanted to do and that if maybe we had just tried it. So I'm hoping that we all do at least something that moves us in the direction towards making that shift, whether it's, you know, taking that left turn, maybe it's pivoting, maybe it's just rerouting, maybe it's getting support along the way because you found the path, you're just struggling. Um, there are a lot of, of tools and things that you can do out there. So I'm hope I'm hoping that people leave this conversation feeling encouraged and, and powerful and that they have opportunities right at their fingertips, right? If they've managed to find this show. I feel like they've got a lot going for them because, there's so many resources. I have a ton of resources. I'm sure April has a ton of resources to help you get wherever the heck you're trying to go, even if it's maybe off the beaten path. Um, and people of all communities, right? Women were the first ones to do shit for other people, but typically the last ones to do things for ourselves. And being able to start shifting a lot of these narratives when it comes to goal setting. And because we'll, we'll, we'll start 2020 and say, all right, yeah, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to travel more. I'm going to take more me time. I'm going to go with my friends. And then what happens? And then what happens? Someone calls you. Someone's going through something. Something happens. And then it, it shifts you. And don't let you be an empath because then you're really screwed because now you're emotionally involved, which is going to drain all of your energy. And now you're not going to have time to do any of the things that you put on your vision board. So again, that's where having that support, in my opinion, it helps having the support and taking care of yourself. Those are some of the, the two things I feel that um, can help you withstand a lot of the speed bumps and hurdles and keep you on the straight and narrow. And I don't know if I even like saying straight and narrow because neither of us are straight very, and narrow. I can yeah. already tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just such a cool sounding saying. Like, I don't know. But on the to path, keep you on, yeah. on your path, on, right? Cause on your path. It's, everybody's path is meant to be different. Yeah. Let's just, let's just go with that to keep you on the, keep you on the, the path, the right path, the right path for right now. Um, okay. So if people want to work with you, if people are interested in what a confidence coach does or can help them with, you did explain how you work with your clients. Um, where can they find you? Do they go to aprilcunningham.com and they can book some time and, and check you out? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, Go to aprilcunningham.com slash apply and you can apply for a spot. Um, I'm happy to work with people who are looking to make a big shift in 2020. I actually have a special program that I'm just launching, um, calling it Fine and Fit Forever Ladies, specifically because to your point, Winnie, that you just brought up, um, a lot of women want to get healthier, whatever that may mean for them. And yet, it's not about the food and it's not about getting to the gym. We have access to those things. It's about setting the intention and it's about clarifying the, the, the why and anchoring to that with accountability and support and have a program um, that find and fit forever. You can go and you can absolutely apply, find it on work with me on my website. And uh, that is open now for women. Perfect. Yeah, it's a great time to get fit. I know this time last year I had... Um, Samantha Nicole on the show, who is our, she, she's got a pretty slamming bod um, and she's on IG. And so we had her on to talk about fitness and a mindset coach to talk about that. If you're interested in those episodes, please go back and check them out. The information is, is evergreen, meaning it's, it's always popping. There's always something in there that you can take away and, and put into your toolbox, just like this conversation here. There were a lot of gems that April dropped. So take some of those gems, put them somewhere. And it's funny, you'll, you'll see, right? Especially if you start to slow down more, some of those gems will come back. I really encourage you to take some notes on this episode. Um, 
write it down in your phone, write it down on a sticky note, something that really spoke to you, and then just come back to it. And if you have questions, reach out to April, reach out to myself. We're always available to kind of help finagle some of these thoughts and some of these questions. And obviously, positive feedback is always welcome. And you can do that, actually, by leaving a five-star review on Apple podcast. It's really cool. If you have an iPhone, you just go to the purple app, the podcast app. You may be listening on it now. You just go to the main show page and just scroll all the way to the bottom and you can leave a little review. Please feel free to drop it in there and give us five stars because that's kind of the move right now. The move is to up the ratings and to get more people listening and all of those things really do help. And I will continue to give away um, and do different giveaways and auction off stuff for um, for people who leave reviews in the comments. So that's something that I'm really excited to do for 2020. I'll probably be giving away a lot more books because, you know, I live in that bookstore. So I just be like buying shit and I'm trying to share this knowledge because some of these books are epic. Um, okay. So we do have an episode coming next Thursday. We have episodes every Thursday on Network and Spill. And um, as usual, we will do an IG live after this episode is aired. So if you're listening to this right after it released, you're in luck because there will be an, a live Q&A that you can hop on. Um, we'll give you the information. Just make sure you're following me on social. And you can hop on and see April live and in color. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Any questions you have, anything that you're like, girl, why did you say that? You can come on and ask those questions. Um, and we'll also have some IG story or IG well, obviously IG stories, duh, I do that all the time, but also IGTV. I'm going to be in implementing that more in 2020 and April's really big into videos. So we will be making some videos so you'll be able to see us together. It's going to be so cute. <sighs> Thank you so much, it April, is. for being on the show. Thank you, Whitney. I'm so, it was good. It's good to mix it up with people on the same energetic frequency. So thank you for doing all that you do and uh, looking forward to creating more with you. Me too. I'm excited. I am absolutely excited. This episode was really fun. It's funny. We decided that we were going to talk about A, B, and C thing. And then we started talking about E, F, and G over here. And <laughs> We're creatives. What you want? I love it. I love it so much. I'm glad that you're open, you know, for the flow of it and that you just kind of moved and grooved. And I feel like this is going to help somebody. So if this helped you, definitely share a friend. Maybe it'll help them too. And we appreciate y'all. Happy New Year again. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.